0: Investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends, and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode sixty-three of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. So we are now past um, AFL grand, grand Final weekend and moving into the heart of the spring property market, the weather's definitely starting to warm up. The supply levels are certainly picking up. We've had a number of 1,000 plus week auctions weekends in Victoria this um, this spring so far. So the competition's also now starting to heat up. So over the past 18 months or so, it's been fairly dormant, if not retracting market conditions. I'm not expecting it to jump ahead in leaps and bounds over the next um, few months, but it's certainly starting to warm up the clearance rates are holding reasonably well at the moment, even with the increased levels of supply. So there is some good competition around. Um, so now that we are coming out of these more dormant type condition, com- conditions and there is a bit more competition around, it's a question that quite often gets asked is, when should I be prepared to pay a premium for it to secure a property? Now, many people do, buyers get caught out um, when the market does start to turn from a um, bit more dormant or negative market into a more positive market conditions they still might believe that they're in the box seat to purchase properties and um, and don't feel as though they need to be paying premiums for them. So what tends to happen is that then they keep missing out. And by the time they do realise that the market's turned, um, it's then more advanced than what, what they rec- recognised or realised and end up getting caught out and can't purchase the quality of property that they perhaps would have been able to previously um, and end up purchasing a poor quality asset, which is not really what you want to do. So under what circumstances is it justified for a buyer to actually pay a premium? And when should you do it? So first up, the thing that everyone needs to remember, and I'm sure we, we all do, is that no one wants to pay a premium. We all want to buy a property for as little as we possibly can. But there are certainly circumstances where it's not only necessary, but it's absolutely worthwhile to pay a premium for a property. So I thought today we could look at what, why, when, and how um, to, to consider when um, when paying a premium for a property or whether you should pay a premium for a property. So let's look at the what first. and what I thought there is the type of purchase. What type of purchase are we looking at? And so is it an investment or is it a lifestyle? Now, typically with an investment property, you are going to be more economically focused, whereas with a lifestyle type purchase, it's going to be more on the emotion and what you need and want but there are circumstances for either one of those scenarios where it is justified to pay a premium for a property. Um, And that's what we'll look at with the other scenario. So just because you're buying an investment property, for instance, um, and it is very much economically focused, but for the right property, it can absolutely be worthwhile um, and justified to pay a premium for that property. So why would you pay a premium? And why should you pay a premium in certain scenarios? And there are a number of re- reasons for this. First one I thought is, is growth potential. So if, you're, if you've if you got a property that's going to achieve and you're very confident in, in its growth potential going forward because it's got a really strong scarcity value to it, um, there's a very limited amount of supply of that top, type of property, but the demand is very strong. So just be, well, this is where you'll have heard me talk previously about anomalous properties versus scarce properties. And anomalous is out of the ordinary and it's not what people would expect. Whereas a scarce property is in demand, but um, perhaps isn't uh, increasing in levels of supply. Um, So if it's not easily replicated and it does have multifaceted demand, then the growth potential is likely to be strong. And paying a premium for that property is likely going to be justified. Another element to growth potential is um, the land component versus the improvement component in terms of the property's value. So if you've got a property that's got strong underlying land value and a large portion of the property Purchase or the the, the value of the, or the purchase price, I should say that you're going to pay, is made up of land value rather than improvements value, then it's likely that there's going to be strong growth for that type of property. You're paying a premium for something, you're not paying a premium. Sorry, for something that's going to depreciate in value. So if you flip it and say, well, the improvements are making up a large portion of this value because they're brand new or um, architecturally designed, it's had a significant renovation done. Well, then that portion of the property is going to start depreciating. And if, if that's the case, then you may not want to be paying a premium for someone else's works. So looking at where the value sits with the property. And the next one is around the special value of the property that it might have to you. So something that is important to you. Now, most, most commonly what we talk about here is an adjoining owner purchase. And there's obviously a number of different reasons why you might purchase an adjoining property. It might be to prevent surrounding development. So you're concerned that there might be adjoining uses that may not be favourable or may be undesirable to to your property and may have a negative impact on that. So in order to prevent that from occurring, you purchase a property. So it it protects the existing holding that you've got. But it may actually be to enhance the existing property. So for instance, if you've got a property that... um, the improvements are of minimal if not no value and the adjoining owner comes up, but this might might be over the back fence, it might be on a corner, but it perhaps will give you two street frontages. So from a development perspective, that significantly enhances the value of your existing property, combining it with the other. So by by doing that, you're not only having two good quality assets side by side, but you're increasing the value by having the two street frontages. So it may be justified. So what is the special value to you in that scenario? But it may also just be for lifestyle purposes, you want to have a greater parcel of land, perhaps. Um, in some circumstances, if you're fortunate enough to be um, wanting to put a tennis court or a swimming pool or something on, on your, your adjoining property, um, or maybe you're looking at purchasing it because for family members, so it may be an elderly relative or it may be children um, to, to have a, an adjoining property so that they're all family members are close by. So there's a special use for that property. And so therefore, it may have greater value to you than to someone else. So in this scenario, where there is a special value element to it, it's um, it's you want to make sure that the vendor is not aware that you are interested in the property. Um, so it's probably best to pr- protect yourself and uh, and perhaps have someone else representing your interests um, in a negotiation, so that it um, it perhaps it keeps you keeps an arm's length distance between yourself and the vendor. The next is when to to do this and. Um, the uh, the the why element is actually this is quite similar to the when, and a lot of the elements that I've just mentioned in the why section also fall under the the why, um, under the when reasoning as well. Um, but some of these are when it's hard to replicate the property, so when it, when you are not likely to be able to find something else um, quickly and easily that provides certain attributes to the property for you. So perhaps it might be location for instance. So it's a, it's a tightly held apartment block that you've always wanted to be in and they don't come up for sale very often. So when they do, you may need to pay a premium to achieve that. Um, it might be in a specific school zone that you really need to be in. And again, tightly held, people want to get into the school and therefore you might need to pay a premium. Um, and then, obviously, maybe for employment reasons or family reasons, to be in a certain pocket that you need to be. So there's a there's a, a reasoning behind it. It might be around the style of a property. So the style of property that um, you're looking at is not readily available in this suburb or this location. Um, and so this property is very much what you're after. So it might be a Victorian house where more commonly in that area it's. Um, California bungalow style homes, or it might be that you prefer brick and, and the majority of houses in that area are weatherboard. And this is an opportunity for you to get the type of property that you want. So, style can come into play, and then it could be accommodation. So, there's more you need a certain amount of accommodation, and m- more often than not, properties in this area are smaller. So, as an example, it might be a terrace house and it's got four bedrooms, which is not easily to come by in, in terrace house accommodation. So this property provides you with what you need in that area. And then finally, it might be around fit-out. So it might be a really high spec fit-out in an area that um, perhaps isn't common. So it might be in a regional area where carrying out specific renovations or that type of work might be quite difficult because it's hard to come by builders in that area. And so rather than having to go through a full-blooded renovation to bring a property up to the standard and style that you would like, it's easier to purchase a property that's already done. Um, And then the other consideration from a when perspective is to look at the likelihood of a premium being paid when you come to sell the property yourself. So is there a strong depth of interest for this type of property? Um, Is it a classic property for this location where there's a lot of demand for this type? Um, And is there multifaceted demand for this type of property? Now, if you're likely to see any or all of these elements in terms of purchase, then it's probably likely that there would be a premium paid for this type of property down the track. If it's a classic type of home that's um, that's timeless in effect, then it's likely that down the track, you'll get a premium paid for that property again when you come to sell it. So you can justify paying that premium up front. And then finally, and this is an interesting one, which we do come across quite regularly, is is limited sales evidence to support a premium being paid. Now, the thing to consider here is, um, and this can be really difficult for some buyers to come to grips with, but is it because the existing sales don't support a premium or is it actually because there's a limited number of sales that have occurred that that are similar to this property, and because so it's difficult to accurately reflect the subject property's values. And what you might find is that the limited sales may actually mean that there's limited supply of this type of property, which could mean that there is a, a level of pent-up demand resulting in a premium being paid. So it's important to understand why um, what may be perceived as a premium is being paid, but in actual fact, it's actually fair value because there's limited types of of similar types of property in that marketplace. And then finally, we'll look at how to go about paying a premium and to pay a premium in a a realistic scenario so that you're not going overboard. And this comes about obviously in in terms of method of sale. Now, this obviously from a buyer's perspective is not our choice. Um, It's determined by the agent and uh, and the vendor themselves. Um, so, it's not a matter of paying whatever's required. Um, sometimes you may need to do that and if you really do have a vested interest in the property, you may be able to justify that. But I'm more talking about paying a premium and um, as as little a premium as obviously as you possibly need to. Um, now, it's much harder to justify or to um, yeah, justify a premium when you're looking at an off-market transaction because it lacks transparency. And the question's always going to be asked, has the market truly been tested? Um, so have we really gone out, seen the market, and you can justify paying that price? Um, whereas under auction conditions, you've got a greater deal of, of confidence in market because you can look around and see that there are others participating in the market. And if you are going to to pay a premium, it's usually because you're being forced by other other contenders. So it's it's... Preferable um, in terms of paying a premium to do that in uh, in auction scenarios rather than than private sale. But if you are going to go down the private sale, or if you do if you are needing to go down the private sale or the off market scenario, you just need to make sure you're doing your due diligence and that you can justify the the sale price for your own purposes um, to make sure that it's achieving your end goals. So, is it for that lifestyle to to create the accommodation that you need? or from an investment perspective, um, is it likely to provide you with the, the, um, the returns um, that you're going to want for this property? So it's, it becomes a risk versus reward type scenario from an investment strategy perspective. So I guess from, from, for today's podcast, the, the really in summarizing, summarizing, sorry, no one, as I said earlier, no one wants to pay a premium, but there are going to be circumstances where it's not only necessary but it's absolutely worthwhile to do so particularly if transparency is there. And if you've got the confidence and the comfort around that, um, then you can probably push that little bit further. But if it's to add value to an existing home, um, it's absolutely worth considering how much it's going to improve the value of your current property than just about what the property might be worth to the general public, because it actually may be worth far more to you than it what it may be to others. And therefore, paying that premium may not be um, perceived by the market as um, being fair value, but to you, it's more than fair value um, and it, it benefits you even in more greatly than what it perhaps would for others. So thanks for joining me for episode 63 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. As always, please feel free to share the podcast far and wide with friends, family, colleagues, and anyone else who has an interest in property. And if you'd like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au, and we wish you all the best with your property decisions.